if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Our guest today is Victoria Hardesti. Victoria hasn't been a guest on Horse Chats before, but she's probably well known to people if they read Wonder Horse books. Wonder Horse books, I have had the privilege of being able to read Victoria's um, five books that she's written, and I've got to tell you, I love them. They are kids' books, and, and I can say, oh, well, maybe I'm an adult, but apparently she gets quite a few adult readers too, and I'm uh, looking forward to the next one myself. So I will introduce you to Victoria, but just before that, we'll have a quick chat about International Horse College. So remember that the podcast is brought to you by International Horse College. Horse welfare, safety are of utmost importance to us at International Horse College, which is why we've included them in our value statement. Within a wide variety of horse courses, we utilise methods that promote safe and humane methods of interaction between horses and humans, supporting only safe methods of educating riders handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Have a look now at the online courses and flexible delivery at internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation number 31352. Now back to Victoria. How are you today, Victoria? I am just wonderful. It's so nice to speak to somebody down under. (laughs) Victoria, I've got to say, I read your books, you know, and it's obviously, I do read a few books from authors that come on and I really enjoyed these. I just thought they were wonderful. I probably didn't reply to the emails that I should have because it was nicer to go and read a book and I was getting a bit late with a few other things, but thoroughly enjoyed them and I'm sure that our listeners will thoroughly enjoy them when um, we have a chat and they find out a bit more about them as well. Oh, wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Mm. You know, feedback is always helpful for writers. Yes, yes, for sure. But could I say something to your your listeners? I live in Southern California, USA, Mm -hmm. and we have yearly issues with fire. And I know last year we had an issue where an entire town was burned out, but nothing like what we see in your country right now. Mm. And... My heart goes out to you. Oh, thank you. There's thank you. just such devastation. I know there's so many animals that only live in your country mm. that, you know, are being wiped out, and it just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So, you know, our hearts here are with you. Look, we can say the fires have died down, but died down in some areas where I am personally, it's rained, you know, so we're out of immediate danger. But, gee, there's a lot of people, other people that are fighting fires still. Oh, it's just heartbreaking. I, I know we have them um, during a specific period of the year as well. We have something that comes through California called the Santa Ana wind. I don't know where it got that name, but mm-hmm. whatever. And the winds just blow the fire, mm. and they just go crazy. Yeah, it's sad, and and some of them are arson fires, like so many of yours were. Yes, yes, yeah. Victoria, thinking about challenges that you've faced, and um, I'm sure that you've got a certain quote that you might say to yourself, say to others if they're challenged, or just something that inspires you or influences you with horses. 
Do you have like a favourite quote that you like to say to people, say to people, say to yourself, or just something that's inspired you along your journey? Sure. Never give up. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep, yep. And you've said it so positively and so surely, I am sure that you've said that to yourself quite a few times. And as an author, I'm sure there's times, you know, it, it can be a bit lonely, you know, writing being by yourself, how's this all going to end up? Oh, that whole paragraph that I've just written, it, I've got to rewrite it and things like that. The Never Give Up has given us then the quality of books that you've been able to produce. So I'm glad that that's a good quote from you. But have you got any way to say how it's influenced you in particular? Yeah, really. It influences me in that, you know, when when I started writing the first book, with my writing partner, Nancy, we had both had a, a severe health crisis. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I was going through chemotherapy when she called one day and she said, hey, let's write a book. <laughs> well, now that was out of left field. <laughs> yeah. But um, we actually did. We sat down and we wrote the first book. And it took about five years to actually get it published. Um, well. We tried the traditional publication method where you you write your infamous query letter and send it off to agents trying to get an agent, a literary agent, to represent you. And we could have wallpapered our homes, both of us. (laughs) You know, it was, was, you know, the first few rejections, I told Nancy, hey, we got our first one. That's a good thing. Let's Mm. keep going. (laughs) Because we know, we you know, we knew going in that that would happen. Yeah. And we finally ended up um, sending our query letter to a publisher that somebody recommended a, a, to us that uh, works directly with authors, no literary agent required. Uh, okay. So we had our manuscript all polished up and ready to go. And I talked to her, and we put it in a drawer for a month. And then we pulled it out, and I said... It's time. We have to do this. We're yep. going to send it in. All he can do is say no. Yep. So I, I, she agreed. So I, I took the query letter and I punched the send button on my commute, computer at 1130. Mm-hmm. At 4 o'clock that afternoon, he had an answer back to me asking for the entire manuscript. Wow. wow. Nobody asks for the manuscript. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. they'll ask you for one chapter, 10 pages, something like that, just to yep. see if you really can write, you know. Yes, yes. So we sent him the manuscript, and at 6 o'clock the next morning, he sent us a contract. Wow. So wow. It's, it's like, you know, we honestly, we had hundreds and hundreds of rejections. I was going to say, how many just, did you actually get? Yeah, but it's a couple of hundred. Oh, yeah. You know, like I said, we could have wallpapered the house. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. With, with rejection notes. And that's the ones that just didn't go into a black hole somewhere and disappear. <laughs> so, you know, so it, it, you just keep trying. Yeah. And that particular publisher then, you know, brought us into a whole new world. Uh, writing a book is the easy part. Everything else is hard. And just getting a book out in print is not... Uh, send in a manuscript and it it comes back. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into getting that done. So, but it was fun, you know. Sometimes you can, I think actually writing is the hardest I've ever worked and had so much fun. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, when Nancy approached you, you know, let's write a book, has she got, because you've got a background with Arabian horses, does she have that background? No, but she did get some exposure because of me. We've been friends, you know, for for 55 years. Oh, wow. So, yep. <laughs> you know, I know that's longer than some of mm. us have been around, right? Mm. <laughs> that's almost scary to me, too. <laughs> but um, she didn't have direct contact with it other than through me. Okay. I mean, she would meet us at the horse shows, and mm-hmm. she would stand on the rail and watch the same thing we were doing. And I had explained to her what was going on. And there were occasions that my husband and I needed someone to to ranch sit yes. for a few days so we could take off. Mm-hmm. And she learned all about the joys of dirty feet and hay in your bra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because she was feeding horses and taking care of the dogs. Mm-hmm. So that's the only way we could get out. We had to have somebody trustworthy. Yep. Yep. So she did have some exposure and, and some of the rest of it. She didn't need it because I could work her through it and teach her Yeah, as okay. we went. Okay. So what's her background? You're the horse expert. Does she come in with a writing expertise or was it just a bit of a whim? What, and I know she was probably thinking of something that you could do with your interest the horses to, um, you know, uplift your spirits. But what's her background? Well, she actually was a 100% city girl. Yep. Not a country girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she spent 30 years writing, editing, and selling advertising for AT&T. Okay. Okay. And she had been writing from the time she learned how to put words together. Yes. She okay. enjoyed it. Okay. So she, w- yep. she would write for herself. Mm, mm, mm. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, you know, she's come in and said, I've got a writing background you're the horse expert, let's write a book about horses or about a horse. How do you then put that story together? You know, thinking about just your first story. Now, your first one was um, Prince Ali. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. Well, yes. Well, when we decided to write a book, you know, I was ill because mm. I was going through chemotherapy. Yes. And we live 100 miles apart. <laughs> okay. So what we did was we started talking on the phone, and we would talk two, three hours at a time, oh, three or four days a week, while we talked about characters, and we talked about circumstance, we talked about location, we talked about everything. And I have a really, really, really good memory. Mm-hmm. So once we got to the point, I had a final surgery about 30 days out, And I got to thinking about it, and I told her, I'm going to start putting it down. I type 100 words a minute. She does a nice, respectable 40. So I could crank out a lot more, and she could quicker. Yep, yep. And she she had a job that she was doing two days a week anyway, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't going anywhere. Uh, my my easy chair in the living room was about as far as I went. Yep. So I sat down, and it gave me something to do so I didn't feel so bad. And I I wrote the book in chapters and emailed them to her, and she, we would read them back and forth to each other. Uh, I would read a chapter, and then she would read a chapter, and we would pick them apart and decide where the rewrites had to be. And I would do the rewrites and send them back to her, and we'd read them again. Yep. And we did that through the whole entire thing, but... 
we ended up with 98,000 words the first go-around. Okay. And that took a bit of editing and distilling to get down. Yes, yes. But it was, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. It was fun, and it kept me from feeling, excuse my language, crappy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, good, good. Now, you yeah. said seven years from having, is that right? Did you say seven years to get your well, first book I, published, or how long? Yeah, about about that long, wow. you know, in the in the interim yeah. between us getting the first manuscript written. Yes, you know, I I I recovered, but I was starting to take care of my sister who was ill. Mm-hmm. Nancy's brother passed away. Nancy's mother passed yes. away. Okay. We had we had life that got mm-hmm. in the way. Mm-hmm. So you know, we we took some time off. And then we got back to it. And when we got back to it, we started doing the um, the query letters to literary agents. Yep. And I think we probably had done that for about eight or nine months. Okay. After we had decided we were finished mm, with mm. the book. And then we sent that final one. You know, you just keep going. Yep. Yep, never, never give up, never Just give up. up. Yep, yep. So, but during that time, were you writing a second book or did you just say, no, this is the one book? What brought on the second book? The second book was actually, well, when we decided to write the first book, she just said, let's write a book together. And I told her, well, okay, it has to have a horse in it. Yep. And she said, I don't know that much about him. And I said, I'll teach you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she said, it, we have to include San Juan Capistrano, which is where she lives. And I said, I don't know that much about that. She said, I'll teach you. <laughs> okay. And I said, and we have, to, we have to include a young girl. Yep. And she said, okay. Okay. So for the second one, I'd actually had the basic idea for the second book probably 25 years ago when my husband and I were running a, a training in show barn off our property mm-hmm. and you know we had 20, 20 girls every Saturday morning they were out grooming their horses yeah. washing their horses riding their horses and, and training mm-hmm. to get ready for the shows so there was always stories in the barn yep. always <laughs> Yep. it was always fun mm. so that one I had come up with the basic idea for La Duquesa during that time and I know I'd written about 8 pages of it and I showed it to my husband, you know. I said, well, I thought about writing a book, and so tell me what you think. And he read, and he looked at me, and he said, I wouldn't give up my day job just yet. Oh, did he? <laughs> Supportive. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I just put it in the trash and went on with my life. But um, with Nancy and I, I figured, well, you know, with the two of us, yeah, she's very bright. Mm-hmm. And I'm not stupid, mm-hmm. so we could put our heads together and come up with something fun. And so that's how we work. We yeah. we use Skype occasionally yeah. because we don't have to tie up the house phone. Mm-hmm. You know, it ties up the computer instead. Yes. And, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. just in case somebody needs to call. And some of our ideas have come right off the Internet. Mm-hmm. Um, freedom. Freedom story. Well, let me tell you, the first four books actually joined together four horses yes. and four young people who mm-hmm. are friends. Yep, yep. And they go together in every book after that 
to assist another horse and another young person. Get the connection. To achieve their dream. Yes. And Freedom was the first one that we wrote that actually incorporates that. I'm working on book six right now, which is Cashmere and Katie. And um, Cashmere, I'm doing, I'm doing something really strange, by the way, with this one. Cashmere is a purebred Arabian that has, was essentially locked up in a stall from the time he was about 18 months old. And he could see other horses being worked and being played with and, you know, getting to go for rides and stuff, and he was never able to do that, never taken out. So he became a very angry horse Mm -hmm. and very difficult to manage because he was mad. I can't blame him. And in this one, we're going to pair him up with um, Katie, whose mother was Miss California USA Rodeo Queen. Mm-hmm. Dad is a rodeo competitor, and that's what she wants. She she goes through the whole rodeo queen thing, and then she suffers an injury. And her mom is given this angry Arab and puts him in the barn, and then mom and dad have to be gone for a week or so. So Katie has to get out of her room and has to go to the barn mm. to take care of the horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but okay. they're gonna they're gonna find some way to solve their little disagreements and and um, sign a peace treaty together. Yep. yep. And begin to work together, and they will find that he is her heart horse. Mm-hmm. The interesting part about it is they never use Arabs in rodeo. <laughs> Okay. So she will have all kinds of trouble with that. Yes. You know, when she first takes him out to do barrel racing and competition. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it should be, it's going to be a fun book to write. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com Scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. I want to take you back to freedom because it was a little bit different because you're using equine-assisted learning, equine-assisted therapy and talking about Nathan who was born with autism. So, you know, you're bringing in something else and... um, you know, bringing in the autism, so obviously you had to have the knowledge and, you know, sort of high-functioning high autism, but still autism. You've still got to have the knowledge right. of the characteristics of the boy that lacked that skill to communicate. You know, do you do research right. there and how he connected with the horse? How does that work within the writing of the book? Because you've got the horse expertise, Nancy's got the writing, but the whole autism thing, where did you get that from? Or who did you use for your research? Because to me, along with the horses, it seemed pretty pretty right. 
Well, we used a couple of sources for that, and I'll, I'll tell you. We talked to teachers, mm-hmm. special education teachers, and yeah. I, I have one in my own family, and I talked to two others that have autistic children in their caseload. Yep. I talked to a therapist that also works with autistic children. Um, I read a book that was written by a 13-year-old Japanese boy that has the communication issue, but he still managed to publish a book Mm. because of some assistance his mother helped him with. And we also had a private tour of the JFSA Therapeutic Writing Center in San Juan Capistrano. That is a huge organization, Mm -hmm. and they work with children, and they work with um, soldiers with PTSD. So they they have the whole gamut in there. And we talked to the head therapist, and we'd already selected our name for um, the child. And when we talked to her about it, she said, oh, my goodness, guess what? I have an autistic boy on my caseload, and his name is Nathan. (laughs) So she... She shared a few things, but, you know, nothing that she couldn't share. And um, we got the full tour of the facility there and saw and watched some of the some of the therapy in actual fact as it was happening. So we could come back and write about it. And one of the things that really made me feel particularly good on this one is that when we wrote it, we wrote it with the Shea Center in it. Mm-hmm. And I sent that portion of the manuscript to the Shea Center for them to read and review so I I knew I wouldn't be sued for using their name, you know? Yeah. And they actually were so pleased with how we presented them that they allowed us to use their name and their location. Mm-hmm. It's a real place. Yes, yes, yeah. So that was really fun. And... You know, we we did a lot of individual research. Um, the horse in the story is a real horse. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really only five, four. I think he's four now. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him a year and a half ago okay. in the rescue that saved his life. Yeah. And at that time, if you looked at him from across the ranch and he knew you were looking at him, he was still almost ready to climb out of a stall right through the plywood. Mm. She really had to line the inside of his stall with three-quarter inch sheets of plywood to keep him from breaking a leg. Wow. Wow. And I also talked to the animal communicator who really did come out and talk to him. Mm -hmm. And he began to settle down a little after that. He was not quite as destructive Yes. Self-destructive, yes. trying to get yes. it, get away. Yeah, you know. And, and she told me, um, gosh, a year later, what the conversation had been when mm-hmm. she communicated with him. Mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing. because yeah. <laughs> she talks to a lot of horses. Yes, yes. Okay. And that whole talking to horses is weird, but you know, it it really happens. Mm. Mm. Victoria, to become an author, if we've got listeners that might be thinking, I'd like to read those books and I think I'll become an author and write books, 
And money aside, because that's always a challenge, what do you think's been your biggest challenge? I mean, obviously the hundreds and hundreds of letters that came back initially, you know, that would probably be enough to put anyone off. But, um, you know, as you go on now, you know, the writing, the books, what's your biggest challenge now and how do you overcome it? The biggest challenge to any writer is not the writing. Mm-hmm. The biggest challenge is the marketing. Okay. And and here's an explanation. There is over 1,200,000 new books published in the world today, every year. Wow. Wow. What is going to draw a reader to yours? Yes. Okay. You know, that's, that's the hard nut to crack. Mm-hmm. So what I've been doing and my publisher has also been helping with, is that um, I connect with a lot of people on Facebook. I connect with a lot of people on LinkedIn. I have a Twitter account. I have an Instagram account. I have a Pinterest account. And I just work it. Mm Okay. And, you know, podcasts are something that are relatively new, actually for authors, and I have two scheduled. So what I'm hoping is just to let people know the books are available. They're out there. Yes. They're available on Amazon.com. I think that's available anywhere. You can get it, can't you? Yes, yes, we can. Yep. Okay. Um, and there's an e-book as well. You know, there's the e-book version. Right. Do you have audio versions? You know, we have, we've been asked once yeah. about that, yeah. and we would like to pursue that, mm. but um, we haven't actually done that yet. I think, you know, the publisher asked me, well, if you had it done, who would you have it? What kind of a voice would you want? Well, mm. I don't want a kid's voice. It's not really, I don't see a kid as a narrator. Yes. But a young woman, mm. you know. Mm. Talking about them. Mm. Right. So you have to find the right voice, and we had we had somebody who wanted to volunteer to do that, mm-hmm. and she got in touch with my publisher, and I think it was probably equipment issues, something she had didn't match what he had or whatever. I don't know. So I, I've, I've been too busy, actually, to pursue it because mm. I'm, I'm working on book six. I'm trying to come up with ideas for book seven because I'm usually like a book ahead, you know. Mm. Mm. And you know what? I think that would be a very good step up for someone who you know, knows horses, because I think to do it well, you've got to know horses and understand horses. But for someone who is, you know, looking to get into a career where they may use their voice or for acting or for any sort of, um, yeah, I think any job, you know, if someone there is out there and interested in a career, whether it's a career with horses or a career that aligns with horses, I think you know, you need to contact Victoria and we'll talk to you about contact details at the end of the page, but contact Victoria and say, look, I'd really like to uh, narrate these books, you know, and then you'd have that on your resume that you've been narrating books and um, I think that's that's always a plus. Oh, yeah, I would think so. Mm. I would definitely think so. Mm. Um, you know, uh, narrating a book is... Um, it's not easy. I t- you know, I have... I wrote every word in these books. Yep. And reading them off my computer to Nancy, 
Mm. I would add words in that were not there. <laughs> yes, yes. Look, I think I think anyone does that to tell you the truth because I've, you know, listened to quite a few audio books, and sometimes you're listening to the audio, and you might, you know, might have the opportunity to watch words. It's not just you. I think because sometimes, yeah, I think it just happens, and I know I do it myself. You know, I've got yeah. sometimes I have things in front of me. You know, I just did a um, a call to someone. And we were talking about a paragraph that was written about them. And I was reading it and I didn't read exactly the words. I still got the general thing across, but, you know, there was something there that I thought, oh, that was incorrect. But I kept going because it's still got the same meaning across. So I think that's, um, yeah. And if there's, you know, if it's 98% right and, you know, a little bit of an error there, then I think that people can live with that. Oh, I would think so. Because, you know, it doesn't matter how how well you screen your book mm. without a professional editor, yes. which for our first book, we, we there was no way we could afford that, yeah. you know? Yep. So we, we had a couple of beta readers mm-hmm. that are trusted friends, and they sat down and read the books. Yes, and put in and all the full stops and correct punctuation and everything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we we had one book where we had the comma comma. I swear, <laughs> it was like a comma comma. We had one of them putting it, putting them in, and one of them taking them out. Oh no! Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty exciting. <laughs> but um, you know, they you know, if there's a, a word missed, I think the eleventh word from the end of Prince Ali is missing. Mm. Mm. You know, it's just a word that none of us saw. Yep. After all the times that we went through that book. Yeah. Because yeah. we went through galley proofs and we went through the second edition of galley proofs and the third edition of galley proofs plus the manuscript. And none of us caught that word was missing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So a little frustrating. Yeah. Now, if you um on your list of things to do is the uh, audio person. But what else yeah. are you looking forward to now? You, you're on to your next book. Oh yeah, I'm I'm twelve thousand four hundred words. Yep. Okay. In in the Kashmir story now. And do you have ideas for your following book? I mean, does this sort of come on and you think, oh, I've got to put that aside? Those ideas for the seventh book of what I finish writing, the sixth book. You know, it's really funny. I I I just got an idea tonight because mm-hmm. I put a post out. I'm, you know, my publisher wants me to do like ten to twelve. Um, short stories. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like 800 words or something. And, you know, I was just sitting here with a totally blank mind. Yeah. And I did what I always do. I went on Facebook and put a post out and said, hey, you guys got any great stories? I need to hear stories about horses. Mm-hmm. And I got one that I think might just be book number seven. Oh, wow. Good. It's an awesome story. Awesome mm-hmm. story. You know, this poor little thing went through awful times, Mm -hmm. but she is the most graceful, beautiful, generous mare on the planet now. Okay. I call them kid packers. He called them something else in his story, uh, ride givers. (laughs) Okay, yes. You can put a ride giver. She's the the sweetest ride giver on the planet. Well, that means she can put anybody on her and walk them around. Mm. So, I mean, if she went through what she went through, and she's still that kind of a horse, and she's his heart horse. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of sweet, too. I just asked him, how would you feel about being 14 again? And he said, great. Yep, yep, 
Yeah. I was going to ask you about short stories. You write short stories? Like these are books and, you know, many thousands of words. Do you do shorter ones or not? Well, I've done some short stories in um, a a book club that the publisher put together. Mm -hmm. We have a book club. It's, It's called the Readers and Writers Book Club, and it is on Facebook. And the Readers and Writers Facebook page also links to www.readersandwriters.com, bookclub.com. That one, there's about 20 authors. We write in every different genre you can imagine, Mm -hmm. but we get together once a week and we sit down and have a business meeting where we talk about marketing and we talk about how we can help each other and... So if we learn something new and unusual and different, we share it with the others. And uh, we also write samples of our work, just small, short stories yep. that we submit, and it goes into the um, the book club. And there's been an anthology already published of that. So they, they took the top five stories from each author and put them together. So that's kind of fun. Good. I really hadn't done that much of that, you know, short story stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and it's fun to do. And yes, and my short stories really don't have anything to do with horses. But oh, he wanted okay. them to be okay. out of horses. I was thinking they were horse ones. In the first anthology, no, but now he wants them to be in my genre. Oh, and okay. I write yes. action adventure stories with horses. Yes, yes. So I have to write action adventure stories with horses. Okay. Actually, oh. you know, well. You've read the book, so you you understand there's there's a deep emotional connection mm, between mm. a horse and a person. Yes. And yes. you write about that emotional connection, too. Mm, mm. And and I think, you know, like I said, with the boy with autism, you've gone beyond just the people and the horses. There's always that underlining story, which has been good. Yeah. Well, it was so fun to write that book. You know, I had so much help from so many wonderful people that you know, the, the book ends with the two going to the Tevis ride. Now, yes. I don't know if the Australians know what that is. Yes, well, it's easy to that look is, up too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of, I think it's the toughest 100 miles in one day ride mm. anywhere in the world. Because mm. some, some sections of that trail drop 3,500 feet in a mile. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's just switch back, switch back, switch back to get yeah. down. Yeah. But then you got to do the same thing on the other side to, to get, get up. up. Yes, yes. And they're doing it usually in July and August. Mm. So and the mountains they're climbing are granite. Mm-hmm. So the granite heats up pretty good. Yep. So you end up with the sweat problem too. You know. Yeah. 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 So I, I think really you've got to read it to understand, and I think you've written it so well. You know, you're almost there. You're feeling that you're getting too hot because you're there on the ride with them. Yeah. Well, it was really helpful to me that um, a lady I've known for 15 years has been into endurance that long, mm-hmm. and she's she let me hold her Tevis buckle. Well, you know, those things are so precious. You mm-hmm. know, to, I got to hold it. I felt honored. Believe me. Yeah. But she kind of walked, trotted, and galloped me through the entire ride. Okay. So, and then she read what I had written, 
and told me what I needed to fix and yeah. what was good. Okay. And that's how I ended up doing that. That was that was kind of fun. You get other people involved, and, and I learn so much when I'm writing a book because mm-hmm. I don't know everything. And, you know, Professor Google yes. only gets you so far, you know? Yes. So you have to talk to people. And, you know, when you tell them that you're writing and it's a novel and you need some help, I have never had anyone say no. Oh, that's good. I'd like to be part of that journey. Um, Victoria, if people would like to contact you, what's the best way? Is it through Wonder Horse Books or through Facebook? Or those details will be on Horse Chats anyway. Um, they'll be on horsechats.com slash Victoria Hardesty or just go to horsechats.com and search for Victoria or search for Hardesty. But what's your contact details if people would like to contact you direct? The easiest way, especially from Australia, I know we have different – I'm right now on the 29th of the month. And you are on the 30th. Yes, that's right. Probably, probably by email. Okay. I'm guessing email. And my email address is the letter K, yep. the letter C. Yes. The word Arabians with mm-hmm. a multiple. Mm-hmm. It's kcarabians1 at msn.com. Okay. That is my ranch name, Casey Arabians. Mm-hmm. Our first Arabian horse, when we got him in 1985, his barn name was Casey. Wow. Okay. My granddaughter, who was born the same year, was Cassandra, but her parents called her Casey. So okay. I had Casey and Casey. Yep. Yep. And my husband didn't know how to spell it for a girl, so he just put K period C period on a Christmas card <laughs> that year. <laughs> So I said, okay, that's perfect. That's, that's it. it. That's the name that's of our it. ranch, Casey yeah. Arabians. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. probably the easiest way to reach me. I am on Facebook, and I have uh, Wonder Horse Books is our author's page. Mm-hmm. And I have my own personal page. All right. Well, I think that's plenty of places that people can get in touch. And as I say, the you know, your details will be on Horse Chats as well. Just go there and search for Victoria. You'd probably find it anyway. Uh, search for Wonder Horse Books even because we'll have that reference there. Victoria, okay, yeah, it's it's been wonderful talking to you. You know, I've really enjoyed reading the books. I would look forward to the next one and love to talk to you about the next one when it's out. And, um, yeah, I think so much you've given people an insight into another area of the horse industry, you know, because we keep talking about careers within the horse industry, and that's what International Horse College is all about, is giving people the education to work within the horse industry. But this is another one. You know, just because you you work in the horse industry doesn't mean that you have to not use any other skills. And the more different skills you have that you can complement to your horse skills, the better it is and the wider variety and the, you know, the more interesting career that you can have. So, um, yeah, I've got oh to say goodness. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. I, the writers, I know there's a group in the United States that I belong to, uh, American Horse Publications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they probably have one in Australia that's very similar. And these are all people who write for a living. Yep. They write in one form or another. They write, publish magazines. There's there's a magazine for every horse breed yes. on the planet, yep. I swear. Yep. And they all require writers. Mm. Yep. I just don't know enough about any of them to write about 
horses that way, you know. Yeah, I like yeah. the emotional connection with people and horses, and yes. that's that's what my books are more about. Yep, yep. All right, Victoria, well, look, great to talk to you, and I'm looking forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you. I look forward to talking to you too. I'll let you know when the next one comes out. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.